Hi, welcome to East to West WLS, the podcast where we support the bariatric community with humor, humility, and honesty. I'm April and I'm the West. And I'm Jason and I'm the East. And Miss Nat's joining us today. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. We were just commenting. You look so autumnal. You're just freaking adorable. Well, we are filming on Halloween, so I couldn't necessarily let that go. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Dang, I should have worn my spooky witch shirt. I didn't even think about that. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Next time. Next time. <laughs> Well, and friends, if you guys don't know, we also record our podcast uh, in Zoom. So if you would like to watch this, head over to our YouTube channel, search East, the number two, West underscore WLS, and our podcast channel will pop up and you can see us. We are adorable and handsome and very animated when we uh, record our podcast. So if you're not into listening, definitely head over there. So friends, we are welcoming a new month, November. And we're switching our support theme as we do every month. And we are going to focus on Barry life in November. We all recognize that while our lives kind of haven't changed, everything about them has changed. And we very much live that Barry life life after surgery. And some of us, we even start to make the transition before surgery. Uh, so today's podcast episode is really going to just talk about like, what is Barry life? What does it mean to us? What does it look like? Uh, we also want to talk about why we refer to ourselves as bariatric patients and not weight loss surgery patients. It's a conversation that we have often with ourselves and with other people in the community. So we really want to kind of dive into that. Uh, and then we want to talk about how our lives have shifted, how we kind of live this very life either every day or kind of in a, in a larger scope of, of who we are as people now, because uh, it's a, it's a big transition. For, For sure. sure. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, friends. Well, shall we just do it? Shall we dive right in? Yes, ma'am. Let's do it. All right. Very first question. What does Barry life mean to you? Nat, you want to start? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it just means how am I living my life to meet my bariatric goals? So like, uh, am I, is the life that I'm living day to day fulfilling what I want to do in my bariatric life? Because the two will have to coincide. So that's what it means to me. Ooh, I like that. Jason, my friend, what about you? Yeah, for me, uh, much like what Natalie said, mine's just trying to live every day better than I was, uh, not only before surgery, but better than I was the day before. Because, you know, like we often preach, you're not going to make the best decisions every single day of your life. You got to give yourself the allowance to make, you know, have a little shift and relax a little bit on the reins. And you may decide that one day that's good for you. And you may decide the next day to be a little more militant in your journey to make sure that you make up for what you did the day before. So for me, it's, it's really just about living each day better than the one before. I, I love what you guys are saying because it, 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 it's really how I have approached it too. And maybe it's because we're friends and we've been through this journey together that we're like, oh, we all are kind of aligned. But it, it's the same thing for me, right? It, it's just recognizing that I have to live my life differently than I did before bariatric surgery. And some days that feels like everything has to be different. And other days it feels like little things have to be different. But I think the biggest thing is that I think so deeply, I guess now about my feelings and my emotions and what's happening. And I think I just feel like I'm much more rational in some of the decisions that I make or most of the decisions. It's not that I don't go off the rails still <laughs> and make some decisions and think some things that maybe aren't aligned to my bariatric goals. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, it's a very big shift in mindset that I just did not understand was going to be what my bariatric life was all about. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and the other really interesting thing that just struck me, none of us mentioned anything about food or eating. Yeah, now, that's that I mean, a, a lot of that post op, we figure out that, you know, like we say about the, the, the mindset portion of it all is you just have so much more space in your brain that is not surrounded by food. You're not constantly obsessed with thinking about it. It gives you the freedom to be able to think about things that don't that aren't related to that. You you find out when you're hungry, you know, you'll trigger your hunger signal and be like, oh, I should probably eat some. But it does not, you know 
encompass your entire day and all your thought process. And that to me has been one of the biggest, you know, weights off of my mind and, you know, my shoulders, let alone the, the other weight that I've taken up. Yeah. And I think, you know, I went into bariatric surgery thinking like, Oh, I'm never going to think about food again, or I'm never going to be hungry, or I'm going to have this, like food's not going to matter. And that actually has happened in some ways, but in a lot of ways, I think maybe the same amount about food, but not in that, in that weird way that took up all of the space in my brain. Yeah. I was actually just thinking that while I was listening to you guys talk that I do still think about food, but the capacity of which I think about food is totally different. Like the, before it was uh, scheduling my day around food in an obsessive way, like, okay, if I get here a little bit early, I can eat some McDonald's before work. Or like, if I get, you know, it's like planning my day to fit in binges versus planning my day to make sure that I don't binge or I don't get too far or I don't you know, eat something that'll make me sick. It's like a totally different mindset shift where like, and I was talking to my mom about this before too. Like I told her, I still think about food quite a bit every day. I think I will always think about food quite a bit every single day. I I am a food addict. That is just part of my brain. But what's interesting is the fact that, and, and we've talked about this before. If someone says, what do you want to eat? And I don't come up with anything. I know I'm not really hungry. Nope. Dude, isn't that the most bizarre thing? And like, I noticed that too. When we were talking with Laura and Jana last month, right? Mm -hmm. I I remember this very uh, vividly along, you know, when when I was fresh post-op. Grady or somebody asked me like, what do you want to eat? And I was like, I don't care. I don't care, but I'm hungry. And it was like, who am I? What is this person? But that is the shift that happens because very quickly you, you really start to realize, oh my God, I wasn't actually hungry before surgery. That was head hunger. That was my addiction. That was emotion. That was right. That when Laura explained, well, if, if your hunger is, you know, shoulders up, it's not hunger. Hunger is that physical sensation that you feel in your body. And I was like, oh my God, how did I not know this before? Below the well- <laughs> and the crazy thing is, is that now that Sarah's post-op too, now we both just blank out and look at each other and go, I don't care. What do you want? I don't know. What do you want? And we literally do like DoorDash roulette and just be swiping through. And she's like, Any, give me a genre. And I'm like, I can't even give you that. Like, I just doesn't matter. Like, I don't care. Put it in front of me and I'm going to eat it. I don't care. <laughs> So is it that's high in like, protein? <laughs> right. Yeah. And I mean, we get to the point and it's like, like, I didn't think because before, you know, before when we, when neither one of us were, were post-op, we were horrible. Like we would just go and just go nuts. And then it, when it was just me, she could still kind of pick and we could differentiate. But now that we're both, we just sit there and just stare at each other. Like, Oh, like, I don't know. Like, I don't even know how we eat anymore. I don't like, I'm surprised we haven't starved to death because we both just sit there and stare at each other. Like, I don't know. What do you want? I don't know. What do you want? Like, and we just back and forth, we ping pong that shit and never get it figured out. But mm-hmm. another thing I was going to talk like what Natalie touched on the, the surrounding your, like you're planning your whole day around food. Like I used to plan my errands around which places I wanted to go eat that day, because I would be like, Ooh, if I go here and do this, I can stop here and I can get all this and I can, Oh, and I like, literally I would do that. And I would be three or four stops that day. And it would be places I could go to make sure that there were, it was in triangulation with another place that I could go and grab way too much food and eat it in my car on the way and still be able to ditch all the evidence. And nobody knew any, and nobody knew the wiser. It just looked like I was out getting shit done, which I was, but at the same time I was slowly killing myself. So that was my little reward for being, you know, for adulting, I can go adult and go do this, but at the same time, I'm going to go smash these fucking six burgers and all these fries and stuff. And yeah, so it, you know, it was a whole thing, but that really connected that with me. And I hadn't thought about that in a long time. So making that connection, I was just like, that, that kind of gave me the chills. I was like, Oh shit, I forgot about that. Yeah. I, I used to, um, so I lived in a small town. I lived in Alaska. Like the whole, whole state is a small town. It doesn't take you very long to get across your town. You know, like it's not like Seattle where it takes 45 minutes to get across town. Um, and yeah, I used to, I, I worked at Home Depot. And so I would, you know, 
oh, I just like getting there early, you know, and tell my parents or whatever, because I lived with them, you know, and I was like, yeah, I just like to get there early. I just, and I did, but it's because I would stop on the way and grab, you know, go to the gas station or I'd like go to McDonald's. And, you know, by that, by the time I was done eating, I was ready for work and I would go to work. Uh, And so, yeah, it's, interesting now when I run errands I'm like I want this done as quickly as possible so I can go home like I just don't even want to be out of my house uh, I mean partially COVID too but yeah right. like I I'm like in and out I I don't need to like dilly dally maybe I'll grab a Starbucks while I'm shopping or something but like it's nothing I would literally tack on hours onto my my errands yeah that's uh, it's fascinating because we, we we all have arrived at our bariatric decision f- from different paths, but we we all get to that same singular moment in our lives where we where we are on that operating table and we and we have that that procedure, and then to see how our lives have so shifted in powerful and healthy ways, right? We we know that after bariatric surgery, the the risk of, of addiction transfer is great. Alcoholism, uh, you know, shopping, all of these things can can become issues in our life. But it's because of this community and the resources that are really growing that we're starting to understand how bariatric surgery can shift our lives, right, for the positive or for the negative. And then there are things and tools that we can utilize to really craft and create this life that we want after surgery. Um, because the, the help is needed, right? This is not in any, when people say the easy way out, I know we all just like something little pops in our brain and we just got to go, Oh my God, I can't even believe that people, people would say that, right? Because we have these conversations and you just really get to reflect on, Oh my gosh, how much my life has shifted and changed and how difficult that was to make and how difficult it is to continue to choose our bariatric life every day. Right. And it's not that we choose it you know, every single day or every moment, but we're consistently choosing it more than, than that old life. Well, and the three of us often talk about this, and I know that we talk about it with other people in our community, but all three of us refer to ourselves as bariatric patients and very seldom do we say weight loss surgery. And this is a a bit of a a topic in our community. So that's kind of the the second question that, that I have for us today is that why, why do we say that we're bariatric patients so that we've had bariatric surgery? Or why do we use the hashtag bury life instead of weight loss surgery or WLS? Why is it that you refer to yourself as a bariatric patient? Jason, you want to start? For me, it, it's strictly about, you know, once we got further into it, because I, I was just as guilty as everybody else when it first happened is saying, you know, weight loss surgery and all that. But it wasn't until we got further along in our journey and, you know, speaking to the experts that we speak to and figuring out that, you know, metabolic wellness is a thing. And it's not so much about the number on the scale, but about the only numbers to me that matter now are my labs. If my labs come back and they're consistently good and I'm within a normal range on all my stuff. Like, that's what I need. Like, it, I have disconnected. Like, me and the scale broke up. Like, we're not friends anymore. I don't even talk to that bitch. I don't call her. She don't call me. Like, we don't write. on send her Christmas cards. Like, no. Nah. Because at the end of the day, I had to realize that I was letting, just like I let food control my life before, I was letting the scale control my life after. And I was, it was affecting my mental health to a point that I would literally ruin my entire day just based on the number I saw on the scale that morning. And just like my, the, the number on the scale didn't define me as a weight, as, as a, as a person before I had, you know, the surgery, I'm not going to let it define me after because I had the surgery so that I could get my life back. Not so that the scale could control my life and it just go down a different rabbit hole. So to me, I, you know, bariatric, it just encompasses the entire journey more than weight loss surgery patient, because yes, losing weight is a byproduct of the surgery, but there's so much more you gain out of your new life than just the weight loss. That dude, something just clicked in my brain when you said that, that is so true. The term weight loss surgery, it does describe one piece of the bariatric journey. And that is weight loss, right? We undergo bariatric surgery to lose weight. That is a thousand percent accurate. 
But when we say weight loss surgery, it makes the weight the only thing about the process. Whereas the word bariatric refers to you as an entire person and as an entire process and an entire life. It is encompassing of all of the things that we have to do to find success, not just the weight, which is a piece, right? And our weight is a singular piece of data, not the only data. It's the difference between a can, you know, between referring to somebody as their cancer diagnosis or a patient. You know, it's it's just that it's, you can't hyper focus on just yeah. what ails you. You gotta you gotta you know focus on the the person as a as a whole. Yeah. And you know that to me, it just it, it makes all the difference in the world. Wow, that's super powerful. Nat, what about you? Yeah, I mean, very similar to uh, what Jason was saying. I think more for me uh, because I have had a more complicated past with my surgeries. Um, you know, I, I really thought of it as a weight loss, um, magic fix when I was younger, when I had, you know, I had my lap band, I had my placation, um, that the word weight loss is very triggering for me. It's very like, okay, I'm only in it. Like Jason said, I'm only in it for the weight loss. It's like, no, that's not true. I have comorbidities. I have mental health issues. I have, you know, I'm only, 27, you know, and at 400 pounds, you know, it's like, there are all of these other factors that go into it. Um, and for me, uh, weight loss surgery is a very lackadaisical term. It's a very like, uh, slang term for what we are actually going through, which is bariatric surgery. Um, and so for me, uh, going into this surgery, uh, my most recent one, uh, I had to kind of shift the wording for myself to make it seem more of a medical condition or a medical pragmatic thing that will help me become healthier. It wasn't bariatric surgery is going to help me lose weight. It's bariatric surgery is going to help save my life and it's going to make me healthy and it's going to help me become healthy so I can live a healthy life. It was about the health, not about the weight loss. Um, And I think as a society, we get really hung up on that term of weight loss. Even today, it's 2021 and people are still calling it weight loss surgery. Um, But I think I can speak for all three of us that we're trying to take that that vocabulary out of people's mouths. This is bariatric surgery. It is a medical procedure and we are bariatric patients. Like what Jason said, we're not weight loss surgery patients. We're bariatric patients. And I think for me and many other people taking that lackadaisical slang term out of our brains and our vocabulary kind of helps to shift our mindset into thinking this is a real thing that I'm doing. <laughs> and it's not just for the weight loss. It's for my health. That was my, my way of thinking of it. Yep. I, I agree with, with you two completely. You know, when I first started my journey, I didn't understand what bariatric surgery was. I didn't understand the word bariatric. So I think the term weight loss surgery exists because we can wrap our brain over what that is, right? If, if I was to tell somebody, uh, you know, oh, I, I'm having bariatric surgery. They they wouldn't know what that was. Most people don't know what that term is. Uh, but if I tell people, oh, I've had or I'm having weight loss surgery, people can think about like, oh, I think I know somebody who's had that or I watch my 600 pound life or right. Like they can kind of start to relate that. So I think in, in some ways, when you tell people you've had weight loss surgery, it, it's not quite as scary as bariatric surgery because that sounds that sounds bigger when in fact it is actually bigger right as as we've talked about it's it's so much more encompassing than just you know the the weight um and when i first started my journey that was the only thing that i knew and i think that we almost have to get to this place in our in our journey where we embrace the term or the phrase or the meaning of a bariatric patient Right. I mean, it's almost like a continuum that we have to go through because when we commit to bariatric surgery, we're committing to it because the the number one thing that we are thinking about is our weight. We might have comorbidities. We might have these other things going on, but the the number one thing is weight and what we look like. That is the, that is the thing that drives us to really start to have these conversations. 
But as we go through this, and especially in my experience post-op, I very quickly realized, oh, this isn't actually about my weight. It is. It's, it's a piece of data, right? But it, it's really about my health and my longevity. How do I become a healthy person? How do I live a long, fulfilling life? And the number on the scale is kind of related to that, but not really, right? Because it's all about metabolic wellness. It's about what do my labs say? What, what's happening on my inside? What's my cholesterol? What's my A1C? You know, what's my blood pressure? You know, what kind of food am I consuming? Am I eating nutritious, wholesome food? It's this shift. So for me, when I was making that shift in terms of how I thought about myself and the actions that I wanted to take, the word bariatric was much more encompassing of, of the work that I was actually doing instead of weight loss surgery. Mm -hmm. But I understand why the term is there today. Uh, and in some ways, I guess I'm thankful that, that, that we're allowed to have these types of conversations publicly now, because before nobody would be having this conversation. You wouldn't even tell somebody that you'd necessarily had weight loss surgery, right? And we know that there are people in our community that, that choose not to, to tell anybody because of the shame and the stigma that we know still surrounds bariatric surgery. Uh, but you know, the, the more of these conversations that we can kind of have with each other publicly, hopefully the more um, normal bariatric surgery or weight loss surgery will, will become. Well, and I, and I know too that pre-op, I, I would not have had the mental capacity to break it down and see it in the way that I've seen post-op. And I know that a lot of that's come with the mental clarity that I've had post-op. So for anybody out there that is pre-op and you know, you're having a hard time wrapping your head around it, please do not feel bad about that because I can promise you now, as much as I understand it today, I would not have understood it before, nor would I have given two shits to, to worry about understanding it before. I would be like, look, if I can lose a hundred pounds, sign me up. I'll be there tomorrow. Um, I'm in because honestly, you know, it's the same thing with, with, you know, that, that term that we have come to not enjoy the welcome to the losers bench type thing. Like it's, there's such a negative The, the negative connotation with has all like we at some point in time, you know, we've been bullied about our weight at, you know, there's been a time in our life where that's happened mm -hmm. and trying to spin that into a positive thing. Like I understand the, you know, the backing behind it, but you know, why, why we came up with welcome to the lighter side of life is it's just better. Like if we can take all of the things that, that were, you know, dark and seedy from our past and, and, you know, having to go through these things pre-op, I, I would like to take all that out. Like I, we want nothing but positivity going forward because this journey is hard enough as it is. Like we don't need to have to, to unpackage all that other shit. I mean, cause unpackaging all that stuff is going to come with time anyway, mm -hmm. as you go through these raw emotions that you're going to deal with, without being able to mask them with food and other things that, you know, we used before, you know, it, that's hard enough. So let's, let's make it as easy as we can going forward. And I think us being able to take some of the stigma away from these things are only going to help people, you know, be able to do that easier in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And I think, um, it, it, we all use that term weight loss surgery because it's familiar. Our society has just made it a familiar term, whether mm -hmm. it's good or bad. Everyone knows what weight loss surgery is. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I think um, for me, it has that negative connotation. And I think for a lot of people it does, but no one has uh, taken it upon themselves to remove that from their vocabulary and I think we, as the bariatric community and the weight loss community need to take that back and need to take that power back. So if it does make you uncomfortable, it might not, it does for us, but it might not for you. Uh, but if it does, you can correct people. You can say, actually, I prefer bariatric surgery. You know, you can just say that it's fine. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, for all of us, you know, we just, we know that it is bariatrics. We are bariatric patients. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Well, and how have we really, how have we shifted to kind of live this bariatric life, right? Knowing that it's more than, than just the weight, right? How do we live, how do we live our berry lives every day or, 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 or every moment? 
now what, what what do you what do you think of when you when when you think about like well how do I really live this berry life yeah I think for me it's just being more mindful um of my choices uh I think um you know again we've talked about this on the podcast I have more capacity for these decisions and to actually think through my decisions, even when it comes to food. Um, you know, like yesterday I, um, I chose to go do other things instead of going grocery shopping. Did I eat the best yesterday? I didn't because I don't have a lot of food in my house, you know? Um, and and that's okay. That's the choice that I'm making. I've recognized that maybe that wasn't the best hashtag berry life decision that I've made. Um, but today, you know, I got up early, I, I made my grocery list, I'm having it delivered, you know, I'm starting, I'm starting to realize, okay, maybe that pattern wasn't a very good one. Let's shift and see like what Jason was saying earlier, let's how can I shift and kind of make up for that today. Um, and I think before, well, I know before I would never have done that, I would have never I would have spiraled until it was too far. And then I would have like tried to claw myself back up and out of that hole and done the same thing over and over again. Right. It's that it's our capacity to kind of offer ourselves grace. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's also this ability to recognize, Oh wait, I don't know if this is actually serving me. Like it served Mm -hmm. me in that moment. And it helped me get through that one instance, right? Or this one thing that I was going through, but I can actually take a step back and look at the situation as a whole. And I can say, oh, that, that, I mean, okay, I I get why I did that, but that's actually not going to serve me long-term. So I'm going to make some shifts. And it's not this like, oh, I'm a horrible, it's not this negative talk that we used to do to ourselves. It's just really recognizing, oh, that, okay. I, I appreciate the fact that I, I got through that moment. Mm-hmm. But I need to, I need to do something different because that's not aligned to my goals. Like, yeah. ooh, I would have never thought like that before bariatric surgery. No way. And I had a great day yesterday. Like I had a wonderful day. It was yeah. great. You know, I hung out with some friends, you know, everything like that. But I got home and I was like, what am I going to eat for dinner? Like, cool. Now I have like, now I have to like scramble and figure out what I'm going to have for dinner. Like that wasn't very smart of me, but, and I think also um, for me, it's also choosing and being like, okay, is my mental, I needed that for my mental health, but maybe my eating wasn't so great yesterday. It's like, okay, I, I can't do all of it. I think that was a big thing for me before is like, perfectionism and being like, I'm just going to do all the things all at once because I can, and I am great. Um, I'm also a child of like the gifted program, you know, growing up. So I had that force fed to me when I was younger. And I think I just had that mentality of like, it doesn't matter if I'm sad or whatever, I'm just going to rage and like do everything. Um, but now I can kind of be like, should I go grocery shopping? Eh, probably but I actually like mentally kind of need today to just be a goof and like not do anything. Mm -hmm. And I can be okay with that. Like you said. Yeah. Wow. It's just, I get it. Every (laughs) time we talk about this and we talk all the time, I'm like, Oh, I would have never thought about that. Unbelievable. You don't talk like this all the time though. No, I guess that's true. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I'll I'll give you that. (laughs) Uh, Jason, my friend, what about you? How do you, how do you live your best berry life? Um, for me, you know, I, you know, a a lot of it aligns with what, you know, Matt was saying it, it really just, you have to make the determination. And I got this one from you that I love. It's about what you want most over what you want now. Like you have to make tough decisions. You have to think if I eat this, am I going to like, for me now that movement and working out is a new part of my journey that I do, I have to realize that if I eat this, I'm not going, not only am I not going to take my ass to the gym, I'm not going to want to take myself to the gym. And if I do go, I'm going to feel horrible. I'm not going to get the best workout in that I need to. And those are decisions that I make now that I never in my life have made before. I'm 44 years old now, 45 years old now, thinking that, you know, of these things that I never thought of before. And so it's crazy how much my outlook on things have changed post-op. And I love the fact that I'm actually making healthier choices now because 
where I thought it would be impossible for me to focus on things like that, I'm now not only making those choices, but I'm, I'm doing it and excited about it because I know what will fuel my body for my workouts versus what will not fuel my body for my workouts. And so making those changes actually lets me, it makes me feel better about my journey in such a way that I know I'm doing things that suit me now where I would never have done that before. So where we say it's about progress, not perfection, that is that progress. Like I can say, yeah, I may not be killing it exactly. The number on the scale this morning may not have been what I wanted to see in relation, but I know I'm not outside of where I want to be. I'm still yeah. within the, I'm, I'm within the circle of my, my area where I want to be yeah. and I'm making better choices. So yes. yeah. to me, that's that progress. And, and that's, that's all I'm looking for these days versus being a, the, the perfect quote unquote, you know, patient and nailing everything every single day, all the time, or I'm a failure. Like I just, uh, you know, that, that mindset for me has shifted so much from what it was the first like four months Mm post-op. I thought, you know, a a certain way, but as you gain more time and more experience in the journey, you realize that it's really not about all of those things. And so as you begin to build that road that you're driving on, you know, you can literally use these as pavers to make your road and, and it's working and to me, it's just, it, there's so much less stress about it now than there was that first four months. Like yeah. now it's almost, I'm almost to the point that it's just second nature without a thought. And I can see that light at the end of the tunnel. And for me, it's taken even more stress off than before because I know I'm almost there. I, I remember that feeling. Uh, it, it was almost like my body released the last bit of weight when mm-hmm. I really kind of had enough evidence to say, oh, I can I can live like this for the rest of my life. Right? I found a weight that is happy and healthy for me. It was just this this it really did feel like this this physical presence left my body. And that was just all of the worry and the shame and just all of this that I was holding on so tight to because that was how I'd always lived. And it's really scary to give away those things, which we have lived with forever, because we, we just don't know like, Oh my God, am I going to need this again? But you have to lose sight of the shore to get to that new destination. And I had to, I had to collect enough evidence to, to really prove to myself that no, you can live like this for the rest of your life. You do not have to be fearful of your weight. And even if some weight, comes back on my frame. I don't need to be fearful about that. Right. So I think for me, a lot of ways, it's like, you know, living, living this berry life has been acknowledging that, you know, fear, fear is going to be a part of life and that's okay. And I, I don't have to be fearful of fear and that it's not really fear. It's just data. All of the things that happen in my life are data and, and I can use that information to, to make new decisions or new game plans based on, on what's, you know, coming in you know, and to give up that all or nothing mindset has been very powerful for me. That's part of living my best fairy life to realize that I don't have to have it all figured out right now that I can be my own scientist and I can experiment and play as we go. Like when you were talking about Jason, I'm building the road as I go. That was not me before surgery. It was like, nope, that road had to be built before I would even take a single step on it. Right. And it's like, oh my God, I don't need to do that. I need to know the general direction. I need to have a little bit of a map, but I can build that road as I go. Mm-hmm. And then right Natalie. And I, again, this is why I just love you guys in this community so much because we have all used things that other people have said to help us along our journey. Like Nat, when, when you said, right, if the old, or if the new me doesn't show up, the old me will. Mm-hmm. And that is so powerful on the days where I just don't want to do this work anymore, when I am exhausted. Mm-hmm. But I, I hear that in my brain and it just says, okay, but if the new you doesn't show up, the old you will. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I don't love and appreciate the old me, but the old me is not serving my health. It's not serving my current life. And it's been so powerful to just go, okay, I can do one thing. What's the one thing that I'm going to do today? And it's like, oh, it's it's my water. Okay, I'm, I'm going to get my water in. Oh, it's my vitamins. I'm going to do that. Or I'm going to eat protein first. Or I'm going to gently move my body. Whatever the one thing is. 
But I can look back on my day and say, I did one thing for myself that aligns to my bariatric goals. Mm -hmm. And that just helps me always stay in a mindset of I can do this, right? Even on the days where it's like, oh, I can't do this. Oh, I can. I can do one thing. Okay. And that one thing builds to the other and the other and the other. And that to me is just what, what, what my bariatric life is all about. And at first that was very overwhelming, but again, I had to step back and say, okay, one thing at a time here, girlfriend, like you cannot do all the things all the time in the moment. That was my old life. That was my old way of thinking. It was my old story. And if I recognize that I have to live as a completely different person now, anything that pops up to my life and it's part of the old me, I really have to examine it. And I have to say, okay, is this going to fit in my new life? And if it's not, then I need to need to say goodbye to it. And I have to be okay with saying goodbye to it. Well, and change comes from the most uncomfortable places. Oh. Nobody ever, I mean, and that's, that's the part of it. It, it is going to suck. Letting go of that security blanket and the things that you've known is hard, but it's worth it to make the changes you need to make to get what you've never had. You've got to be willing to do what you've never done. And not to mention the fact we get so fixated on people saying, oh, well, you know, you got about 12 months in this thing, I, you know, post-op, you got about 12 months, that honeymoon period, that window closes and you're just, ah, it's just that you, so in that 12 months, you got to, you got to really do it. The misnomer with that is you have the rest of your life. This, this journey, it, it, this is a marathon of the highest order. This is in, in no way, shape or form a sprint. You will be living like this forever for the remainder of your life. So you don't have just 12 months to get it right. You've got the rest of your life to get it right. So if you live another 50 years, thankfully to the surgery, giving you your life back, you, you know, that's the, that's part of that. Like you have 50 years to figure it out. So yeah. instead of looking at it as such a finite, like, Oh damn, the clock's ticking. Like as soon as that 12 months is over, like I'm done, I got to have it all done within that time frame. It just, it doesn't work that way. So give yourself the space and grace you need to, to build that road as you go. Like you don't have to speed through it. Like, like April was saying, like my, my walk looks like the stars on the on Hollywood Boulevard. Like my shit's not like, it's very few of my things, but everybody else's name is all over my road because I'm taking stuff from everybody literally in the community that I, that I engage with mm -hmm. it has helped build my road. That's why we, it, we talk about the recipe, right? Like we have to share our own recipe with within the community because somebody might need a piece of my recipe to make their perfect bariatric dish, so to speak, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's almost like uh, you just reminded me. I'm always coming up with the analogies, but like it's kind of like a sourdough starter. If you've ever like... Oh, look at you, girl. My family has a sourdough like starter that everyone kind of like passes down. You add a little bit and then you pass it down. It's kind of the same thing. Um, but yeah, I agree with everything y'all are saying. I, you know, one of the things that I actually take from my mom who struggles with addiction herself is, uh, and this helped me drastically during my pre-op process. Um, and it was, can I make it till bedtime? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the answer is usually I'm not just going to drop dead because I can't have a candy bar you know what I mean like <laughs> not it's just that's physically not going to happen so like can I make it till bedtime yes I can make it till bedtime and that is something that like me myself I have brought with me on my journey and that's for my mom who's not even in the weight loss surgery community I feel like mm -hmm. just being able to and this is something that goes back to like how things have changed is that I can openly talk about this bariatric life. Uh, whereas before I couldn't, I didn't have that ability, that mental capacity to do that. Um, but now I could have these conversations with, you know, the bariatric community, but also just people in my life. Uh, and they can say, Oh, I struggle with this. And this is what I do when I'm struggling with my X, Y, Z fill in the blank of what they're dealing with. Um, and so I can pick and choose that. And I think that's um, what we sometimes as a society forget about is communication is there so that we all learn, we all grow together, we all can take things that resonate with us and and help build that better life. So um, yeah, I think the act of taking stuff to, to serve you uh, in your bariatric life is, is huge and it will serve you. Yeah. Could not agree more, my friends. 
All right. To wrap up this episode, we wanted to share with our community and with each other what our November goals are. We know that November and December tend to be very busy months. Uh, It's the holiday season. Things can kind of fall off the wayside. But if we want to live our best bariatric lives, we need to do some things every day uh, to make sure that that we are working towards those goals and and just to, to how we want to live. So let's share with our community what our goals are for the month of November. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mr. Jason, what are your goals? Mine are, see, I was going, when I was doing the gym this last month, I was making sure I was going every day, had the plan down, had all that. Well, since then I've had some car issues happening. So we're a car down. So wife's back in the office. So I don't have the ability to jump up and run to the gym every day. Like I want to, like I had been doing. So my goal for November is to make sure that on the days that I cannot go to the gym, that I do not let that be a rest day because that's too many rest days in between because I'm only able to go to the gym a couple of days a week now versus every day that I had the option to go before. So I'm making sure that movement is a part of my everyday you know, lifestyle even the days that I can't go to the gym because I mean, I have access to all the things at, the, you know, at home that I have at the gym but I have access to enough of it that I can get a good workout in, um, you know, even though I don't go. So that's the thing that I need to make sure that I'm implementing more throughout the month of November, especially since I know there's going to be a couple of days here at the end of the month that I don't eat like I probably should. Mm. Well, you know, there is that holiday that some of us celebrate called Thanksgiving. And there (laughs) is some delicious food that is served there. And I know all three of us, food is not contraband. And uh, there's some dishes that are coming up on Thanksgiving that I only get to enjoy during Thanksgiving. And I am going to enjoy the crap out of those. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. So how, so you know me, Jason, and I know that you hate tracking, uh, but I still have to ask this anyways. How are you going to monitor your progress towards your November goals? I've been doing a lot of, um, like when I do go to the gym, I make sure that I am kind of doing the, the gym check-in thing on my phone, you know, on my personal page. So okay. I'm going to continue to do so even when I'm doing home workouts. So that way people can see when I am and when I am not. So on the days that I actually am working out, I am going to post in my stories that I'm doing it, even if it's at home or at the gym versus, uh, if I don't post about it, you know, usually when I do home workouts, I don't ever post about it. So now I'm going to start doing it to make sure that I hold myself accountable, even when I'm at the house. I love it. Nice job. And that is tracking. That is absolutely tra- That is you being accountable to yourself. And if we're accountable publicly, that can be a way that we can motivate ourselves to, to stick to our goals. Indeed. Excellent job, Fred. And just so you know, I am recording these. I am writing them right. down so that we can check right. in with each other at the end of the month because you all know that it's like, this is what I live for. This is my love language. <laughs> all the data. All the data. All the data. All the data. Uh, Miss Nat, what are your goals? Yeah, so November is actually very busy, especially uh, this November, as we oh. all, a lot of us know, uh, the bariatric retreat is happening in like nine days as of today, which is oh wild. My oh my god! Um, yeah, so, <laughs> so crazy. it's wild. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm trying to um, not let that um you know the fact that there is the bariatric retreat it's also my birthday month and it's thanksgiving so there's a lot going on in the month of november which i love i live for no october through like december is like the best time of the year for me um so uh my goal is really just to not let uh the excitement of all of these things that are popping up derail me uh from you know, what I want. So my goal is consistency where I can. So, um, this time of year, it's really hard for me, uh, in the Pacific Northwest to get outside and walk because it rains here and it rains a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, uh, I work until 5 PM by that time, it's usually dark. Um, and so, you know, not letting, myself, you know, slide when it comes to walking with Hooper, um, not letting myself slide when it comes to meals and meal prepping. Um, I am, I don't like consistency. Uh, My nature does not like to be consistent. I like to go with the flow. I like to do 
whatever I want, when it pops into my head, I'm a very like sporadic person. So for me to, during a very hectic, chaotic time, uh, of November, um, to, to stay consistent and do those things that I know every single day have served me, um, throughout the spring and summer to continue those through to the winter is going to be a very difficult task for me. So that is my goal. Okay. I love it. How are you, how are you going to track your progress? Um, so I do have this lovely, uh, big calendar on my, um, window, essentially, it's leaning up against my window. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I had an idea of just doing these little like, um, color coded tick marks. So like, because I hate trackers, (laughs) I hate them. I hate planners. I hate calendars. Like I said, I'm a sporadic person. I don't, I don't like to do things in a box. And so how can I make this a very easy thing for me? Uh, is literally every time I do something that serves my bariatric life. So protein coffee that I have been doing and need to continue to do mm-hmm. um, the like protein coffee drinking my, I've been drinking those like super pinks from Obvi. Um, yes. you know, anytime I do those little things, I go for a walk with Hooper. I do maybe an extra, an extra walk with Hooper. I'm going to, I have those color co- coded and I, I need two of those at least a day. So just two little tick marks a day at minimum, two things a day in like the mindset, metabolic wellness and movement category. And I have them like color coded and all ready for me. That is awesome. Well, and what a very quick visual way that you can just check in with yourself too throughout the day, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, there, there can be days where there, right? And there's probably some days where like before you even sit down to work, you might have already gotten those out of the way. And then there's going to be some days where you are exhausted at the end of the day and you're going to look at that board and go, oh, crap. I either need to update it or I need to do some things. Mm-hmm. But two things can be, oh, I'm going to drink some water and I'm going to take my vitamins. Done. Check, mm-hmm. check. Oh, I like, Ooh, I like that. I like yeah, that. I just, I really like, I've tried everything. I printed out uh, honesty moment. I printed out our trackers. Oh yes. Oh, I know. <laughs> and I'm like, mm, like a day in, I'm like, mm, that's a lot of work. Like, I just like, can't do it. Um, and then I'm like, Oh, I'll buy a planner. And I bought like a huge planner. Nope. Can't do that either. Like, <laughs> and, like what, what is the literally the easiest thing that I can do? I can make a tally mark and I will make a tally mark, whether it's like, as I'm doing it or at the end of the day, I can tally everything up like as simple as possible, but I have to be consistent because this every year without fail is when I just let myself do whatever I want. It's my birthday month. Like, no, we're not doing that this month. Well, and that usually is where the the cycle derails because it's, you know, it's it's this part of the year, which is why January is such a big deal for gym memberships. And then by yep. March, it's all downhill from there because we just we, we find reasons to jump off the train. And it's just not like we we can no longer do that as bariatric patients. You know, we're, we're post-op now. We got to live differently than we did before. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Basically, Natalie, you're setting yourself up for the small wins like we talked about. You're, you, you've boiled it down to such a way that you know you can do at least that. And that's exactly what we talked about with the small win thing. Every win is a win, and it needs to be celebrated regardless of the size. It does not have to be the grand prize end-all be-all for you to celebrate what you've done. Because at the end of the day, you know those small wins are going to add up to the bigger wins, which is going to add up to the grand prize at the end of the day. So continue to do those small things, celebrate those wins. And if you have to boil it down, boil it down. Like it doesn't matter. Like there is no formula to this. It does not have to be, it doesn't fit inside any box. Like Natalie said, she knew she was not going to be able to do certain things because it's just in her nature to not. And that's okay because we know a lot of our, we're built different as people. That's the beautiful thing about us as people. So if you have to, you know, if you have to simplify it to a point where you can make it through, do that because you're still making it through. And that's what matters. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and not only that, Natalie, you, I mean, which we, the three of us talk about all the time, what works for me is not necessarily going to work for you. The mm-hmm. goal of this very life is to become our own scientists and run these little experiments and say, well, would this work? Does this work? Does this work? And keep trying keep trying different things until we find that thing that sticks for us. That's all that matters, right? We're trying to find what fits within our life. We're not trying to jam something into it. That's just not working for us. We, we really do have to run those experiments and, and figure it out as we go. And that's okay. That's how we find what works for us. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, in November, we got a lot of stuff going on. We've got a big announcement that is coming uh, the day after this podcast episode drops. So that's going to be a huge shift, uh, you know, for us in our community. We've got the retreat. I'm hosting Thanksgiving. Grady and I are hosting Thanksgiving. Uh, I got a lot. And uh, I'm going to focus on steps and vitamins. That's kind of what like the, the, you know, the the theme for our larger, you know, community is this month. And I just thought, you know what, that that is exactly where my head needs to be. If I'm at least moving my body gently, and I'm taking those vitamins, that's going to keep me aligned to my bariatric goals. So I'm going to use the tracker that we have made for the community. Uh, and I'm just going to set my step goal and set my vitamins. And my step goal is like 5000 steps a day. I'm not going to go ham here. I just need to say like, I need to get up and move every so often. So 5000 is going to be my going to be my, my goal. And I vacillate between, I love my Apple watch and then I hate my Apple watch. Well, I just need to commit to my Apple watch for a month and call it good. So that I can, I can track those steps, but that's, we need uh, 30 days out of you. That's all we need. 30 days. That's all we need. Right. So, so I'm going to do that and then I'm going to use my tracker and I'll, and I'll post my tracker publicly. So, well, friends, this has been a wonderful conversation about our very life. Um, as always. And like I said, every time we do this, it's like, oh my God, I learned something new about you as the individuals and like, and as members of our community. So it's always, always a powerful conversation. Uh, and I think to end this, we just need to say something big is coming (laughs) tomorrow and we are very excited about it. Um, yeah. a new era of the bariatric community is coming for sure. Um, yes. and, and for us as bariatric patients and community members, and, uh, we're also just so excited to share it with you guys. Uh, we do have a newsletter, so please go to east to west or east to com. sign up for that newsletter and you'll be notified literally tomorrow morning <laughs> so you can be part of it. As we we said earlier in the episode, change is uncomfortable, but, you know, change brings about amazing things. And that's exactly what's coming for you uh, tomorrow. And yeah, please stay tuned. Keep a watch. Keep, you know, watch your email because when it drops, it's going to be pretty epic. So we've been working hard on it, but it has been a labor of love for all of us involved. our community, as you know, our community is the most amazing thing to us, and we this literally is our passion project, um, ha- has been for a long time, and will continue to be going forward. So just know that uh, all the changes that we make are, you know, not only for us, but for you guys as well. So, yep, absolutely. All right, Jason, you want to take us out? I do. Thank you all for all your love, support, and uh, the likes, the shares, everything that you guys have done to help us uh, and and the community at large, because we couldn't do what we do without you guys. And that's much appreciated as always. Um, And just remember at the end of the day, you've got this, we've got you, and we'll see you next time. See you tomorrow. Bye guys.